Welcome to Yes Lord Ministries, a non-denominational, full gospel, Bible-believing church where the Word of God comes alive. Good evening. Welcome to our Spread the Bread Bible Study. I'm Pastor Steve Talbert. Let's start out with prayer. Lord God, we just thank you for this time in your Word. We thank you, Lord God, that tonight we will continue to learn, Lord God, about the authority that you've given us because of Jesus Christ. So we just glorify you. We praise you right now. For wisdom, knowledge, understanding, might, counsel, the fear of the Lord, the anointing of God, a keen discernment, and a tongue to learn. We just praise you right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Once again, Pastor Steve Talbert, so happy to be with you on tonight. Uh, we are continuing our lesson on the authority of the believer, the authority of, of the believer. Uh, and so we're going to just start out with a little recap uh, before we get into the lesson. Uh, and so... In our last time together, uh, we learned about authority, uh, and we learned that authority belongs to us, whether we realize it or not. Uh, we just need to act on that knowledge that we have, uh, because it's not knowing something that's enough, but it's acting on what you know that will make the difference in your life. Uh, the next thing we learned about uh, was that the value of our authority uh, rests on a power that is behind that authority. Uh, so God himself is the power behind our authority. Uh, the devil and his forces are obliged to recognize that authority, and that's the authority that we've been given uh, because of Jesus Christ. Uh, then we also learn, and we declare this over ourselves, that we are rulers, we are conquerors, we are dominators, and we are also crowned with glory and honor. I hope you've been decreeing and declaring that over yourself this past week, uh, that you are a ruler, you are a conqueror, and you are a dominator, and you are crowned with glory and honor. So just continue to just rehearse that over yourself and make that your faith confession uh, and begin to walk in that too. When situations arise, you need to act on that ruler. You need to act on that conquering, that more than a conqueror, Paul tells us in, in Romans says we're more than conquerors and then that dominator. And so in, a, in the next thing, we learned some terms, some new terms that we integrate into our vocabulary. Uh, and so one of those terms is the word for image, uh, which is salim. Okay. Remember we talked about that being resemblance hence a representative figure uh, because in Genesis uh, 1, 26, 28 talks about being made in the image and a likeness of God. Uh, so that word likeness is uh, is the word demuth, uh, which is the resemblance or concretely a model or shape. Uh, so we talked about how we were formed into the image. So God formed us uh, into his image and, and after his likeness. Uh, and so then we talked about the word dominion, uh, the word dominion, which is that word radar, okay, to rule over, all right? Uh, and then we talked about subdue. Uh, which is the word kabash, uh, which means to conquer, to dominate, tread down, or to walk over. All right. Uh, and so we are so, that's why we say we are rulers, we are conquerors, and we are dominators uh, because of that word subdue and the word dominion. All right. And so tonight, there are two new additional words uh, that I want you to put into your vocabulary two additional words I want you to put in your vocabulary. And that first word that we're going to put into our vocabulary is the word exousia, exousia. 
All right. So the word exousia uh, is a sense gives us a sense of ability. Okay, privilege. Uh, and so when you talk about privilege, you talk about the right, the right. All right. Uh, and so force, capacity, competency, uh, freedom. And so you can see this is from Strong's competency, freedom, uh, or objectively mastery. Okay. So when you know mastery is when you when you're able to uh, prove your proficiency or, or your your expert ability to execute. All right. Uh, so mastery, concretely, uh, mass magistrate, superhuman, potentate, uh, token of control, uh, delegated influence, delegated influence, that, that word delegated influence or authority, all right, jurisdiction, liberty, power, right, again, right and privilege and strength, all right? The second word that we want to uh, put into our vocabulary is dunamis, dunamis, all right? So for the purpose of this, uh, this is actually just a streamlined definition here, uh, but it means power, strength, or ability. Power, strength, or ability. Sunday during Sunday night at night, uh, you heard me in a message where I, I uh, was reading Acts, the first chapter, uh, verse 8, uh, where it talks about how that the Holy Spirit would be would come upon us and would give us that power and that ability. All right. That is why you can do you. It's, there's nothing that's impossible for you. All right. And so it's inherent power. It's inherent power, power residing in a thing by virtue of its nature or which a person or thing exerts and puts forth. All right. And so that's what dunamis is. All right. And so those that word uh, exousia, authority uh, in dunamis power. Uh, is, are two words that we want to make sure that it's in our vocabulary as believers, as, as we walk this walk of faith in God and we trust God uh, and exercise that authority over the devil, all right? And so, uh, so tonight, we're going to talk about Jesus. We're, we're going into the New Testament now. Last week, we spent a lot of time in the beginning in the Old Testament. So tonight, we're going to start our journey in the New Testament, uh, just to look at as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ and as the redeemed of the Lord, what is it that we exactly have? So so in the Old Testament last week, we talked about Adam, okay? We talked about how when Adam was created, he was uh, given, that, uh, given the blessing of being uh, someone who would have dominion, let them rule, let them have dominion over the earth, let them subdue it. Let them be fruitful and multiply. So God is blessing mankind with that. And but see, Adam, uh, Adam actually transgressed against the Lord by eating the fruit. Okay, by eating a fruit. Uh, um. So God saw necessary in this plan of redemption. God saw it necessary to actually uh, bring Jesus to the earth as the second Adam, and so or as the last Adam. Okay, because. This is the work that has been done once and for all. There's no need uh, for there's no need for this work that Jesus has done to be done again. Okay, uh, and so Jesus was the last Adam that restored our authority and dominion. He also rescued us from the devil's control. Okay, because when Adam and Eve sinned in the beginning, uh, then 
humanity as a whole began to lose their original identity. Okay, they began to lose the they they began to lose a sense of knowledge of that blessing that God conferred upon His creation uh, when He was in the process of creating us. Okay, because again, uh, as I stated, that those uh, verses, verse 26, 27, 28, 29, uh, goes into God's intent. It's God's intent behind his creation. He didn't just slop us together, but God had an intent for creating mankind. And he stated that intent, uh, which included uh, the authority and dominion uh, over the earth, over, over the lower creation, okay? Uh, and so when Adam and Eve transgressed against the Lord, again, mankind began a gradual decay uh, and began to forget their original design, their original intent. There was always a remnant. There were always those that that would follow the Lord, but it was very few and far in between uh, to the point to where uh, to where it was it was almost acknowledged as an exception amongst uh, other people, you know, that they would follow the Lord. Uh, we we think about Methuselah. We think about Enoch. We think about Seth. We think about uh, even uh, we think about even in the uh, books of Mo uh, the other books of Moses, as uh, even Moses himself. Uh, when you think about all the other men and women of God that were raised up throughout the period of time until Jesus came, they were always seen as an exception. Okay, uh, because mankind after the fall, mankind gradually, gradually moved away from God's original intent and design for humanity, for mankind, all right? Uh, but Jesus rescued us. And so as a result of that not that lack of knowledge or that lack of identity, that lack of a sense of identity, uh, the devil was able to exercise an, an undue influence upon mankind, an undue influence upon mankind. Uh, and so... Uh, Jesus was the one who actually rescued us from his control. So I don't know if you're dealing with any addictions or any any trauma or anything like that, but Jesus rescued you from that, okay? Jesus rescued you from that. And so you need to uh, understand who you are according to the word of God. And then you begin to walk in that sense of identity. Once you begin to have that restored sense of identity that Jesus Christ came to give us, then as a son of God, and and as and and you you are sons and daughters of God. And so as that sense of identity is being restored to you, then you can begin to exercise dominion and exercise authority over the the uh over the the lies that the devil tries to perpetrate in your mind, in your heart, okay, making you think that you'll never be free making you think that you'll you'll always be tormented by the nightmares or by by the uh PTSD or in you know all those things but Jesus Christ has rescued you from that all right Jesus Christ has rescued you from that uh and so let's look at Luke uh Luke 4 verses 5 to 8 and what does it say so he took him up and showed him who's he the little the lowercase he is the devil because this is Luke 4 is talking about Jesus temptation in the wilderness and the devil tempted him God didn't tempt him the devil tempted him the devil tested him God didn't tempt him God didn't test him okay uh and so it says so he 
uh, took him up, who's him? Jesus took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. The devil said to him, I will give you their splendor and all this authority and all this authority because it has been given over to me and I can give it to anyone I want. Who gave it over to him? Adam. Adam. Adam gave that authority over to the devil or, or rather Adam made the devil think he won. And so the devil thought he had something to give but it was never his to give, all right? Says, it has been given over to me and I can give it to anyone I want. So what you gave up, what your what your ancestor gave up all those many years ago, I can give it back to you. No, he couldn't, that, that was a lie. That was a lie, all right? Uh, because it says, if you will then worship, if you then will worship me, all will be yours. And Jesus answered him, it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Because Jesus knew that the devil was lying. It was never his to give. It was God's to give. It was God's to give. And so the devil could never give Jesus what he never had to give. So Jesus saw right through that lie. And what did Jesus do? Jesus didn't say, shut up no jesus used the word against him and so that is why we need to understand and, and we looked at it even on sunday about how the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but they are mighty through god so they're pulling down a stronghold uh in in second corinthians 4 4. and so we we need to understand that uh when we when the devil tries to come and lie to us then he will not be able to uh, fight against the truth of the word of God. That is why that is why there is no such thing as your truth. It is only the truth, and the truth is based on the word of God. All right. And so when you when you think about this, the way you perceive life, all right, you need to see life through the lens of the truth which is in the word of God. When you try to see life through the lens of a of a, a personal philosophy model or creed that is not based on a word of God, then you are not believing in the truth. You're not looking at life through the lens of the truth. You're looking at lens the life through the lens of your truth, which is not always true, all right? But the word of God is always true. That is why in the Psalms, Psalm, uh, Psalm 119, what does it say? Forever, O Lord. The psalmist says what? Forever, O Lord, your word is settled. Settled. Your word is settled, which means forever your word is settled. It cannot be moved. It cannot be changed. It, it is not based on uh, circumstance, but your word is true. All right? Your word is true, which is why even when Jesus was praying for the disciples because he was about to be taken away from them, and so when Jesus prayed for the disciples, he prayed what? Sanctify them by thy truth. What is truth? Your word is truth. All right. And so we need to return back. If you're going to actually function and operate uh, with under the, in the authority of the believer, then you have to return to the truth, which is God's word. I can't think out of my own imagination. 
I can't think out of my own imagination things to be the way I want them to be. It is not that way. No, I have to base my life. My faith is based on the word of God. That is why in Romans 8, Romans 10, Paul tells the Romans, he says what? Faith comes by hearing and, and hearing what? Just hearing stuff. No, hearing the word of God. All right. And see too many people uh, are are shaken in their faith because they are not basing their belief, their conviction. That's where the word pistis, faith, conviction. Um, they're not basing it on the word of God. They're basing it on they're they're basing it on everything but the word of God, and those other things can't stand. But the word of God is what will help us to remain when the storms of life try to knock us down and blow us blow us away. All right. And so we need to we need to always acknowledge that the, the word is truth. All right. So if somebody were to ask you what is true, the word is truth. All right. The word is truth. All right. And so uh, when we go into uh, the next. So the first thing to understand is that the devil could never give what he never had to give. All right. And so authority wasn't his. It wasn't his. It wasn't his dominion wasn't his. He was led to believe it because of deception, all right, but it was never his to give, and Jesus saw right through it. So let's look at, uh, let's look at 2 uh, Corinthians 4.4, 4. 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. Uh, so 2 Corinthians 4.4 4 says what? Among them, uh, the God of this world, the God of this world, little G-O-D, notice the little G-O-D, the God of this world has blinded has blinded the minds of the unbelieving to prevent them from seeing the illuminating light of the gospel. What is the gospel? The good news of the glory of Christ, who is what? The image of God. Who is the image of God, all right? And, and, so, and so the devil, Satan, is called what the god of this world so when you see people uh that are that are walking in in deceptions and delusions and perversions when you see them walking until in, in lies and uh, you you see them walking in lie and a lying uh, uh 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 opinion or idea or philosophy uh they are being what blinded by the god of this world they're being blinded they're being blinded by the God of this world, which is why a lot of times you can talk to somebody uh, a thousand different times and, and tell them, oh, you need to get right with God. You need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And, and they think, no, I'm OK. I'm all right. You know, I'm good. You know, I'm happy. You know, and, and even even in certain lifestyles, certain lifestyles where people are, are called, they're called brave. And they're walking in deception. How are you brave walking in, in a lie? How are you brave walking in a lie? Then think you have the right to say what you say what you are. In the beginning, it says what? Male and female created he them. Male and female. All right. So to actually identify yourself as anything other than that is what? A lie. 
And to think that it's okay means that you're blinded by the truth. And here's the thing. Love is not love if it's not the love based on the word of God. If it's not love out of the heart of God. And God don't contradict himself. And so we need to, again, understand what is going on. You need to understand the terrain. All right. You need to understand the terrain. And, and so I just want to make a correction on something I said about uh, a scripture I shared earlier. Uh, it wasn't sec this is Second Corinthians 4, 4. The other one was in First Corinthians 10, uh, where it talks about the weapons of our warfare, not carnal. So just want to make that correction there. But here, think about it, it says that they, it, they are blinded by the God of this world. They're blinded. They're minds. They're minds. So if the devil wants to entrap, entrap anybody, where is he going to entrap them to make sure they stay stuck? They're mine. He's going to go for the mind. Why do you think mental illness is such a hot topic button nowadays? Because the mind, the mind, he knows that if he has the mind, then he can have the life. All right. And so it says, has blinded the minds of the unbelieving, all right, to prevent them, to prevent them. He's, a, he's causing a stumbling block to prevent them from seeing the illuminating light. So guess what? So when a person begins to acknowledge the truth of the word of God, then the light comes on in their life. The light comes on in their mind. They're no longer, they're no longer in obscure darkness. But now they can see clearly. They can see the deceptions of the devil. And they, and then I, I love when I see people that have been set free and that that who have been illuminated by the light of the gospel, and how then they begin to want to passionately tell other people that are in similar lifestyle that they are living, you're you're deceived. So here's what we need to think about then. All right. So if a person who has never struggled with what you're struggling with, if they were to tell you that you're deceived, then you can probably, well, you don't know because you've never been set free from this. But if a person has struggled with that, okay, and, and God set them free and they went through extreme changes, all right? I know, I know some men and women of God who in their, in their before Christ life, they, were, they did some extreme things to try to undo the truth of who God made them to be. But then when God, when God in his sovereign mercy allowed them to actually experience the light of the gospel and, and they, they put their faith in Christ and all of a sudden God did transformations. God did transformations. I think about, I, I think about um, uh, uh, Prophet Sophia Ruffin. You know, I just, I look at the woman of God and I just marvel when she shows her, her before and after. And it's just like, yo, God is truly good. God is truly good. And it's possible for a person to be delivered from that. It's possible for, for a person to be delivered from that. I think about Jackie Hill Perry. 
And it's possible for a person to be delivered from that. But you have to believe it's all about, it's according to, see, a person, and in Romans 10, I love it because Romans 10 talks about how when the word comes into your life, when when the preacher, when a preacher brings that word into your life, they are exercising, they're exercising their God-given responsibility to help you, okay? They, they're sowing that seed, you know? And, and when you put your faith in God based on what you hear, then God is able to make all grace abound, which means he's able to make all grace abound, okay? When he talks about making all grace, his kindness, his favor, you know, is abounding and it, it results in our salvation, which is why in Ephesians 2.10, it talks about how, how our salvation is a result of, is a result of the grace of God, is it, purely grace. Because in ourselves, there was nothing we could do. But because of him, because of, of who he is, because of what Jesus came to do for us, we are now able to be free and experience our God-ordained destiny. We're able to experience what it is to be a son and a daughter of God. We're able to experience, men, you're, you're able to experience what it is to be a son of God. Women, you are able to experience what it is to be a woman of God, to embrace who God has made you to be, all right? And so, so we need to think about this. In, in, in 1 Corinthians 10 and 15, rather, verse 45, to 47, it says, so it is written, the first Adam became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, then the spiritual. The first man was from the earth and made of dust. The second man is made from heaven. And so what did God do when we go back to the Genesis account of creation? He formed man, he formed man, so this existed first, and then what? He breathed into man, the ruach, the breath, the spirit. He breathed into man, and then what? Man became a living soul. Man became a living soul once the spirit was in man, Man became a living soul. And that is why it says that it says that the, the, the natural, the spirit is not first. Okay? The spirit is not first, but the natural. Okay? Even in, in a creation, you know, and you think about the whole chain of redemption. You think about Adam being first, then Christ. Just the same way. When we were created, our body is created, then the breath, then this man becomes a living soul, that mind, the will, the emotions, all right? And so, so it says that, it says, but the natural, then the spiritual, the first man was from the earth, 
and made of dust. The second man is from heaven. The second man is from heaven. I think about the account where Jesus, they asked people, they asked Jesus rather, the, the, the people were asking Jesus, say, hey, uh, Jesus, do you think that you're greater than Abraham? And then what did he reply? He said, before Abraham was, I am. Before Abraham was, I am. And so, so that tells us that the uh, what we have been given now in Christ is so much far superior than what was given in the beginning. It, it, it's it, it's Adam, it, it's Adam 2.0. All right. And so that then enables us to partake of the divine nature. All right. And so in 1 Corinthians 15, 48 to 49 says what? Like the man made of dust, so are those, so are those who are made of dust. Like the man, like the heavenly man, so are those who are heavenly. And just as we have borne the image of the man made of dust, all right, we will also bear the image of the heavenly man, the image of God restored, all right, the image of God restored, all right. And so in Hebrews 2 14 to 15, says, now since the children have flesh and blood in common, Jesus also shared in these so that through his death, he might destroy the one holding the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who were held in, in what? Slavery. In slavery all their lives by the fear of death. So I don't know who this is, but uh, if you are struggling with a high degree of anxiety and and uh, and, and you have you have uh, fear, you have unreasonable fears that grip you, you know, then Jesus has come to set you free from that. Because he says he might destroy the one holding the power of death. That is the devil. Destroy the one holding the power of death. That is the devil. So through his death, he took any influence the devil would have over you. And so if somebody is walking in, under the devil's control, it's because they can't see that the devil deals in illusions. Think about when Jesus was being tempted. He's, it says he showed, he showed him the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. He showed him an illusion. So the devil deceives by illusion. He lures people by illusion. And so Jesus helps us to be free from that. All right. And so I love this part. The authority is in the name of Jesus. The authority is in the name of Jesus. Say that. The authority is in the name of Jesus. All right. And so in Philippians, Philippians 2 verse 8 to 9 says what? 
he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every name. And that is the name of Jesus. Why? Because the next scripture says what? Says what? That so at that at the name of Jesus, guess what happens? Every knee will bow. At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There is power. There is truly power in the name of Jesus. Our authority is in the name of Jesus. Is is something how we need to we need to the the body of Christ needs to get back to recognizing the authority of his name. The authority of his name. And when they face when they face situations that are undesirable, we need to use the authority in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, sickness must go. In the name of Jesus, mental illness must go. In the name of Jesus, poverty must cease and be eradicated. In the name of Jesus, I speak resources. I speak sound mind. I speak I speak the joy of the Lord over you in the name of Jesus. Mm, that just does something. In the name of Jesus. We need to have faith in that name, in the name, in his name, the name of Jesus. All right. You cannot understand the authority of the believer if you do not understand the authority that is in the name of of Jesus. We need to we need to get back as the body of Christ. We need to get back to recognizing the name, the power in the name of Jesus. That's a series all in itself, the name of Jesus. All right? And so you need to think about this too that you are worthy of this authority because the father sees you just like he sees Jesus and that is righteous because so many believers they find what the what we've been talking about uh over the last week or so they they find it very hard to grasp you know because they don't think they're worthy of it they actually have a theology that says that oh we're but worms oh lord no, I'm not a worm because God sees me just like he sees Jesus. So you need to change your perspective. You need to change your outlook on you. And you need to see yourself as worthy of this authority. You need to see yourself as worthy of sonship, as, as belonging to God, as his child. You need to see yourself worthy. Because God sees you as if you never sinned. 
I don't care what type of life you were mired in before you came to Christ. But even the life that you were in didn't keep him from loving you. He loved you more than you loved him. He loved you more than you loved yourself. And so you need to see yourself as worthy. You need to, if you, if you deal with, uh, if you are currently uh, being attacked by a, a sense of insecurity or inferiority, then you need to declare this over yourself. I am worthy. I am worthy. I am worthy of the Father's love. I am worthy. I am worthy of the authority of the believer. I am worthy to be called a child of God. I am worthy. I am worthy to be set free. I'm worthy. You need to see yourself just like the Father sees Jesus. He sees Jesus as righteous. Why do I say that? Okay, I'm glad you asked. All right? He sees us like he sees Jesus because what? In 2 Corinthians 5.21, he says, He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us. He made the one who did not know sin to be sin for us so that we might become that we might become, you have become the righteousness of God. You have become the righteousness of God in him. You need to say this right now. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You, every time that sense of unworthiness, that sense of, of inferiority, that, that, sense, that, that sense of defeat tries to come over you like a dark cloud, you need to begin to yell out, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am worthy of the good life. I am worthy of his love. I am worthy of peace. I am worthy of joy. I am worthy. I'm worthy. You are worthy. Okay? Because you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are. I'm going to say this again. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The word says it. And that is the truth. That is the truth. All right? And so... Almost, I'm gonna. I'm about to wrap up for tonight, but let's go to another scripture. Galatians three, verse thirteen. Galatians three, verse thirteen to fourteen says, "What Christ has redeemed us. Christ has redeemed us from the curse. You are no longer cursed because Christ has." redeemed you from the curse of the law, all right, by becoming a curse. So he became sin for us, then he became a curse for us. Wow. He became sin for me, and he became a curse for me. So even if, I, if you think about your past, 
he became that so that you might become him. For to me to live is Christ, all right? So let's continue. Says he says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of all by becoming a curse for us because it is written, everyone who is hung on a tree is cursed. The purpose was that the blessing, that the blessing of Abraham will come to the Gentiles by Christ Jesus so that we could receive the promised spirit through faith. So that we could receive the promised spirit through faith. All right. He, he said that the blessing of Abraham will come to the Gentiles. That the blessing of Abraham will come through the Gentiles. So I don't have to have a case of stolen identity and say that I'm a Hebrew. No, I am redeemed. I am the righteousness of God. I am a son of God. I am the I am that Gentile. All right. I'm that Gentile that is now blessed with the blessing of Abraham. So that we could receive the promised spirit through faith. Who is the promised spirit? The Holy Spirit. All right. And so this last point Jesus gained authority. Jesus gained now all everything I'm sharing about Jesus is our pattern. It's our example, all right? So Jesus gained authority over Satan's kingdom and is exercising that authority through who? The believer, you. He's exercising that authority through you. All right? And why why do I say that? Because in 1 Timothy 3.16 says, and most certainly the mystery of godliness is great. Mm. He was manifested in the flesh, vindicated in the spirit, seen by angels, preached among the nations, believed on in the world, taken up into glory. Then what does, uh, what does it say in Hebrews 2.9? Hebrews 2.9. But we do see Jesus made lower than the angels for a short time, all right, so that by God's grace, he might taste what? Death for everyone, crowned with what? Glory and honor again, <laughs> because of his suffering in death, all right? And then let's go to Ephesians 1, 16 to 18 says what? I never stop giving thanks for you. As I remember you in my prayers, I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. All right. I pray that the perception of your mind, that the perception of your mind may be enlightened. The light comes on for you so you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the glorious riches what are the glorious riches of his inheritance among the saints? And then we go on and says what? And what is the immeasurable greatness, the immeasurable greatness of his power to us who believe 
according to the working of his vast strength, all right? His limitless strength, okay? And so he demonstrated this power in the Messiah by doing what? Raising him from the dead and doing what? Seating him at his right hand in the heavens, far above, far above every ruler and authority, power and dominion and every title given, not only in this age, but also in the ones to come. So it has no expiration date. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And then we go into verse 23. This is the good one. He demonstrated this power in the Messiah by doing what? Raising him from the dead and seating him at his right hand in the heavens, far above every ruler and authority and power and dominion and, and every title given not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put everything where? Under his feet and appointed him as head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of the one who fills all things in every way. He's filling you. He's filling you. He's filling you. Come on now. He put it under his feet. And if he put it under his feet, because we're seated with him, then he put it under your feet. Say, he put this under my feet. Start stomping your feet. Come on. He put it under your feet. And the last scripture we're going to go into is, is Ephesians 2, 4, uh, 2, 4 to 6. It says, but God who is rich. We keep seeing the word rich. Ha! But God who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive. He made us alive with the Messiah, even when we were dead in trespasses. So when you were, when you were too dirty, he made you clean. He made you alive. When you were mired under your mess, he got you up. He brought you up to where he is. You are saved by grace. You are saved by grace, his kindness, his favor, his favor that you didn't do nothing to earn. He, You are saved by grace. Together with Christ Jesus, he also raised us up and did what? Oh, oh, this is a great point to end on. He seated us in the heavens. He, you are seated in heavenly places. You are seated in heavenly places the same way, far above all, far above all. Oh, man. Let's revisit that real quick because it's really good. He seated you in heavenly places far above every ruler and authority. That's those demonic rulers and authority. That's those human rulers and authority. He seated you in the heavenly places with him far above every ruler and authority, power and dominion, every title that is given, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Come on. When you understand who you are and what you have, then you understand the fact that he put everything under your feet. That is, that is really one of the 
pivotal pivotal points of the authority of the believer is that he has put everything under your feet. You need to live with the awareness that everything is under your feet. When you get up in the morning and you put your feet on the ground, today, all trouble, all problems, all crisis are under my feet. Despair is under your feet. Unforgiveness is under your feet. Depression is under your feet. Anxiety is under your feet. And so you need to exercise authority over what is under your feet. And if it's not a promise of the word of God, then it is something that needs to be under your feet, not alongside you, not eye level, not above you, but under your feet. Let's give God a praise. Come on. I'm just so excited because everything is under my feet. All those troubles, all those problems, all those crises is under my feet. All those worries under my feet. Come on. Come on. Come on. It's under your feet. It's under your feet. Come on. And so... Last point, Jesus gave you a seat because we saw we're seated with him in the heavens. Jesus gave you a seat that gives you the ultimate advantage because now you're you're in the heavens, okay? Spiritually speaking, you are up there, okay? You're up there. It's not a place to wait to get there when I die. No, but in Christ, I'm already there. I'm seated up there. I'm not going to be seated up there in a suite by and by, but I am seated up there now. And so everything, I have the ultimate advantage. I have a bird's eye view, okay? I have the ultimate advantage because everything now is under my feet. If it's not up there with him, then it's under my feet. All right? And so... I, oh boy, I wish we could go more, but my time is out. Lord God, we just thank you for everything that you've done for us on tonight. We just glorify you. We praise you. We just, Lord God, we love on you, God, because you, you, you seated us with you. You redeemed us. You, you, you blessed us, God. You've given us authority, God, and everything now is under our feet. So we are victorious. We have authority. We have power. We have dominion. We are rulers. We are conquerors. We are dominators. And we are made in your image and after your likeness. That image and likeness has been restored because of Jesus Christ. And so we're so grateful. We're so, we're so happy. We're so joyful, God. We, we just praise you and glorify your holy name. Because we're going to now live with that awareness that everything is under our feet. We've been, we've been made to sit with you in the heavenly places. And so, God, we just think we praise you right now for just the great gift you've given us in Christ Jesus. Mm. We thank you that you've given us the ability to use your name. You've, you've given us the ability to use your name because there is power 
in that name. There is authority in that name, the name of Jesus. And so we say in the name of Jesus, every knee has to bow and every tongue has to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory and honor of God the Father. So in the name of Jesus, we have authority over demons. We have authority over sickness. We have authority over diseases. We have authority over trouble. We have authority over pain. Even the physical pains. We have authority over it in the name of Jesus. So right now we decree and declare victory in the name of Jesus. Prosperity in the name of Jesus. Peace in the name of Jesus. Joy in the name of Jesus. A sound mind in the name of Jesus. Wisdom, enlightenment, God. We thank you, God. That because we're joined to you, our IQ just went a thousand, a billion points higher. We're tapping into your wisdom now. When we come into situations where there are problems, where there are difficulties, we're tapping into your wisdom now because that's part of your riches. And so we, we thank you, God, that you see us. We, you see us, God. We're, we're not invisible to you, but you see us. And you don't just see us, but you see us just like you see Jesus. So we glorify you. We thank you right now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I, I encourage you to join us and uh, in, in support the ministry financially. Uh, you can give using the given options that you see on the screen, the YLM mobile app uh, from your Apple App Store, Google Play Store, the Yes uh, Cash app us at dollar sign, Yes Lord M. You can give right there on Facebook or YouTube. Uh, you can uh, just click that donate button on our website, ylmconnect.org. You can text the word give to 1-844-948-3895. You can also search for Yes Lord Ministries in Kenilworth, New Jersey in the Givelify app. And then if you want to write a check or money order, write it and to Yes Lord Ministries and mail it to PO Box 425, Union, New Jersey 07083. If you have any praise reports uh, that you would like to share, Share them on our YLM Faith Builder huddle because God is doing some amazing things. God is doing some amazing things. And we don't want you to keep it to yourself. It shouldn't be a secret about what God is doing in your life, how God is blessing you and opening doors. Share it with your brother and sister on the YLM Faith Builder huddle because it can, it can actually help somebody's faith level raise. Because when it says the word of God, in another translation says the testimonies of Christ. So what he's doing in your life, share it so that somebody else's faith can be taken to another place. All right. And you can connect with us on the ways that you see right there on the screen. And so I encourage you to join us on Sunday, Sunday. It's going to be wonderful, awesome, amazing. And so you don't want to miss it. Join us at, on Sunday at 830 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, for our morning worship, and then Sunday night at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for our Sunday night ignite, and be ignited for Jesus so that you can start exercising dominion, exercising the authority of the believer in your life today. And so be blessed and refreshed in the Lord. God bless.
partner with YLM Financially using the following methods. Text giving. Text GIVE to 1-844-948-3895. GiveLify. Search for Yes Lord Ministries in Kenilworth, New Jersey. Our website. Visit www.ylmconnect.org and click Donate. Cash App. Dollar sign Yes Lord M. Mail checks or money orders to Yes Lord Ministries, P.O. Box 425, Union, New Jersey 07083. You're invited to our Sunday morning virtual worship experience at 8.30 a.m. every Sunday night at 6.30 p.m. Join us for our Sunday night Ignite service. Every Wednesday morning from 5.30 a.m. to 5.45 a.m., Join us for corporate prayer. Our call-in number is 716-427-1096. And the access code is 172268-POUND. Every Wednesday evening at 7.30 p.m., join us for Spread the Bread Bible Study as we dive into the Word of God. Subscribe to our podcast, YLM Sermon of the Week, on iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. On behalf of our senior leaders, Apostle Willie Talbert, Apostle Mamie S. Talbert, Lead Pastor Steve Talbert, and the Yes Lord Ministries Church family, thank you for joining us and welcome home.